Hi, I'm Kalena Tano. And I'm Jane Frischia. And this is On the Other Foot, a no-holds-barred look at the world of dance. Each week, we bring you a podcast on nutrition, lifestyle, and mental health for regular people who happen to dance. Every Tuesday, we're going to take on a topic in the dance world that isn't spoken about enough and approach it honestly for our listeners. Isn't that nice of us? All right, so in case you missed part one of this interview, today we're here with Jordan Nicole Tilton, fellow podcaster and dancer with Diablo Ballet. In the first half of this interview, we touched upon her podcast, Ballet to Business, and how she started and how podcasting has impacted her as a creator. For the second half of this great interview, we are going to take a closer look at injury, specifically Jordan's experience being injured as a professional dancer, and how we as dancers can make it through the tougher times to get through and get to these better days. All right, so, so um, obviously neither of us know you personally. We've only followed you on Instagram. Um, and so I am aware that you are coming back from an injury, um, but obviously I don't know your personal story. Feel free to share as much or like as much or as little with us as you want, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, we as dancers know that it's very hard when you get injured and it's just very hard. But if you don't mind, could you walk us through your experience with injury um, and what the process was for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's one of those things that when I was younger, I had my first big ankle sprain at um, probably like 13. And I remember my teacher being like, <laughs> with the flexibility of your feet, it's a blessing and a curse. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> that's, that's like a really interesting comment. And she said, you know, you're probably going to be dealing with this for the rest of your career. And I, to hear that as a 13 year old was really intimidating. <laughs> and I don't, it always kind of just stuck in my subconscious of like, okay, am I, am I gonna have a, a hard time? Um, I, I didn't really know how to handle that um but as I as I kept progressing through my training um I you know I would come across these like very freak incidents of twisting my ankle and um feeling like am I ever gonna be strong enough to overcome this like uh and it kept happening to me um, even as I became a professional at San Francisco Ballet. So I joined from the trainee program uh, when I was 16. Uh, two years later, when I was 18, I joined the corps de ballet. And it was exhilarating. And I was so humbled to uh, be with this company that I had looked up to ever since I was young. And I, you know trying to give it my all and uh about two and a half years in we were rehearsing ballet code on Yegen, and i was doing an arabesque turn and all of a sudden my foot just crumbled underneath me and it was my first injury as a professional and that was one in which i felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath me um it was so disorienting to be injured as a professional because, you know, I, I realized, wow, like my livelihood is dependent upon my body. 
and upon what I can do and and also my community like at, at San Francisco Ballet it <laughs> it's a full-time job you're there from you know 9 a.m to 11 p.m when you have shows and you're surrounded by the same dancers every day and they become your second family especially for a lot of us who don't have family in the area right like dancers come from all over the world to to dance there so you really form a family and I felt like when I got injured I didn't you know I didn't have that I didn't have like that community I I wasn't um doing that daily routine uh, it was incredibly disorienting and I relied so heavily also on the doctor's opinions of like what I should do next and so they had given me this timeline of, okay, you know, this looks like a third degree sprain. It's probably going to take like six to eight months. Like, okay, I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. So like you're telling me to go to acupuncture, I'll go to acupuncture. Um, and after a while, I, I really plateaued and I was like, I don't understand. I'm doing everything that people are telling me to do. Like, why is this taking longer than what people have expected? Um, it took me a whole year to recover from that sprain. And during that time is when I did kind of echoing back to our last episode. Um, I did start painting furniture and exploring, uh, kind of side business, but also, um, journaling a lot. And I, I learned a lot through that process um, and when I got back into the studio, I had a much bigger appreciation for my, um, position in the company. I think that when you're young and all of a sudden you're given a job and opportunities, you don't realize how amazing it is until you don't have it in your life. Um, but I also think that going through an injury made me open up my eyes again that to there's there's this big beautiful world <laughs> that we get to live in and and oftentimes when it comes to ballet you're so zoned in on just this one culture this one uh part of you and it really toys with your identity as well and so I had to wrestle with those questions of who am I apart from ballet like there's more to my my worth than what I have pinned myself being a ballet dancer as my ultimate identity. So it it was really tough going through that injury, but I I really do think that the wisdom that you acquire about yourself and about um, your body through a time of injury is invaluable uh, for a life outside the studio. So um, unfortunately, repetitive ankle sprains has been a big part of my story. And, uh, you know, in 2017, I experienced an injury that caused me to leave San Francisco Ballet um, just because the workload was really demanding. And I also, my husband, uh, was dancing with the company and in 2015, he went to dance for Diablo Ballet. Um, and he would come home. We had gotten married in 2015 and he'd come home and he was healthy. And I saw him dancing more than he ever danced at San Francisco Ballet, uh, with Diablo Ballet. And I was like, that's what I want. Like, 
I, I've been in this cycle of repetitive injury and I, I want what you have. <laughs> so that was part of my impetus of leaving San Francisco ballet, just looking for a different environment to, to work in, um, under different leadership. And I am so grateful for, um, being in a very like caring environment now. Um, but unfortunately that, you know, I still had my <laughs> struggle with repetitive ankle sprains, even in this new environment. Uh, and I thought I was escaping that almost leaving San Francisco ballet, but I ended up spraining my ankle in a dress rehearsal of Apollo, um, February, 2019. And it really crushed me. It was the most disappointed that I'd ever felt. Um, because I was so excited to dance that ballet and I think as you probably can feel too like once you put in the work you want to like have the reward of being on stage and uh I I had to really surrender at that moment of you know had had that sprain not happened though I don't think that I would have gotten the surgery that I really believe that I needed to get I had um a bone spur on the top of my foot and it was really bothering me at that time. I had three floating bones near the back of my Achilles and my ATFL ligament was completely torn from all the sprains. So it was one of those things like I, I needed to stop. And as dancers, I think sometimes with injury, it's like, you're like, no, I don't want to stop. But even if you don't want to, your body might need to. And that's okay. Like rest is... Uh, a beautiful part of like the cycle of our lives. Like we need that rest in order to truly heal. So I ended up having surgery in April of um, last year for those <laughs> to fix those things. Um, but I, it's interesting because even though I went through one of the, the hardest um I never thought I'd have surgery. I never wanted to have surgery. <laughs> I always thought if I had sur if I had to have surgery, I'd be done with dancing. But being in this environment that I'm in now, um, there were so many people that said like, but you're not like, we see that you're not done. Like you're going to be able to come back from this. And um, that gave me a lot of hope. And so I'm, I'm really grateful uh, that I'm on the mend now and I'll be, get him back on stage in two weeks so <laughs> yay yeah thank you congrats yeah that's I mean that's an injury journey I know so many people who have I know a lot of people who have the same problem with um just and I have students too who are just born with really flexi feet and a lot of people just when you have the hypermobility you kind of do get that blessing and a curse kind of double double-edged sword there so yeah I think that your journey is so inspiring and has so much relatability in it and even just connecting back to when we talked with Carly about being at a bigger company versus being at a smaller company I do think that there's a lot of value in not not like taking a step down or anything but in just changing up your atmosphere for something that's gonna better suit you and make you feel 
fulfilled and things like that. And sometimes we do need to take those changes in our journey. And sometimes with what you said about the surgery as well, sometimes we need a giant stop sign to tell us like it's time to chill for a second because we as dancers are so persistent with wanting to keep going and wanting to do one more day, one more ballet, one more rehearsal, and then we'll be okay after that. And, you know, it won't make a difference if I keep going for 10 more minutes, but then you do that 10 times yeah, for a million days in a row, and then it adds up really quickly. And so, it costs you. Oh, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Sometimes we do need that big stop sign in the middle of the road to say, okay, it's time to take care of this now. It kind of feels like your body just telling you, like, I need I need this. Like you might not need this, but I need this right now. I need this break. I need this procedure. I need to heal. And that's it. And even though it's really hard for us mentally to deal with that physically, sometimes that's just what it takes. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. been fortunate to have never gone through really an injury story like you have. And so I wanted to like a, thank you for sharing it, but also I think it's just such a great lesson in learning to, like, that it's okay to value yourself enough to make the change you need to go where you are receiving the care you need or to stop for your body. That's such a hard lesson, and I'm at a point in my life where I don't know if I'll ever fully learn it. Like you're saying, dancers just have this go, go, go mentality, but yeah, we thank you for being so vulnerable with your story. Um, especially like for saying it here and for what you've been sharing on Instagram. Um, I definitely know a lot of people who will benefit from having heard that and congratulations to you for your return to the stage in a few weeks. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So throughout your journey, how have you combated the kind of mental health side of being sidelined at the ballet? Um, Injury requires more patience and persistence than one can ever imagine. So how did you deal with the challenge of days, weeks, and even months and years of not feeling 100% when you walk into the studio? Yeah, that's a great question because it truly is a mental challenge. Um, A lot of people just address the physical when it comes to injuries, but there's so much mental, uh, almost turmoil. It feels like turmoil at the beginning. And um, you know, there have been a couple key things that I've learned over the years that I would love to impart. And I think the first being like, it's okay to grieve um, at the beginning of your injury process because it does feel like a loss. And I, I, you know, sometimes when I was going through injuries, people would say, okay, be positive. Like, you know, and I, I think that if I cried, I wasn't being positive and I wasn't going to heal. And I, I was setting myself up for like, just not being able to heal as fast as possible. Um, and that's another thing too, is like, I think that sometimes in the ballet world, we're so unrealistic with, uh, the time that it takes to truly heal. And I would have people when I'd come into the studio, like a week later, say like, Hey, are you back? I'm like, no, I no. <laughs> like, how, you know, no, I'm not like, I, I wish. And then it'd be like the next day. Hey, how's it like, you're better, right? 
It's like, no, it's only been a week and a day since I've sprained my ankle hardcore. Like, I don't understand, like, why sometimes we think it's just, like, magic all of a sudden. And, and if you don't heal, it's your fault. Like, and that's another thing, too. It's like, it's not your fault if your healing is not going in the timeline in which you thought it would or that the doctor said. And I truly think that you need to not put a timestamp on yourself. Everyone's going to ask you, hey, when do you think you'll get back? When do you think you'll get back to dancing? And they're saying that because they love you and they know that you love to dance and they probably understand that it's hard for it not being in your life. But I think it took me many, many years to say this, but my answer is I don't know. (laughs) When people would ask me that question because I – you know, we truly don't know what each day holds. Tomorrow is completely different. It could be completely different than what you perceive it to be. And when I would say, I used to say, oh, it's going to take me six to eight months, the doctor said, so like six more months, then I feel all this anxiety, like rush in, like I've got to make it happen in six months because that's what the doctor said. But when I realized that I actually don't know And it felt irresponsible to say, I don't know, because I think as dancers, you're also planners. And if you're not putting in the work, people are, you think people are judging you like, oh, well, you're not doing enough to heal. Why are you saying you don't know? Like, don't you have a plan? But injuries truly are one of those things you need to take day by day. And um, I, I had to understand that that is normal. Like, and that's okay, like, to take it day by day. I don't need to have this, like, eight-month plan. And I found that when I did take it day by day, I actually would tell myself, well, I can focus on all the things I can't do right now. Like, I can't dance, I can't jump, can't point my foot, whatever. Or I can focus on all the things I can do. What can I do right now? I This injury is giving me time. Like, and we don't normally have time as dancers to be able to explore other things. And so I'm a firm advocate that you can view your injury as enemy or you can view your injury as an opportunity. And it is an opportunity to grow in many ways. But in regards to mentally as well, after I grieved kind of the loss of you know, not being around my friends and not being able to do what I loved. I journaled that because for me, I find that when I'm dealing with mental things, it just feels like a swirling tornado in your mind of I feel awful and I'm so disappointed. And then I I felt like I was enslaved to my mindset instead of saying like, I'm going to write out how I feel And I can get to the bottom of that if I can just like look at it on paper. And um, that really helped me a lot to be able to. And after like six months, I'd look back and be like, wow, I I can't believe I was feeling that way. Like it's it was cool for me to see that transformation of like my mindset when I would write it out instead of just keeping it inside. Um, And I would also say at the beginning of my injury, Mentally, I couldn't handle being on social media. Um, I, I felt so, I felt like I was going to fall into um, just 
jealousy and and coveting the things and the accomplishments that other people were doing that I clearly could not do (laughs) right now. And my heart needed to be reoriented during that time. And I knew that being on social media was not going to help me at that time when I first got injured. So when I first got injured, I just said I need to get off of social media for at least like a month, two months and and be with real people in my life who are speaking to me and who are encouraging me and reading and writing like i just need to be in my real world and not in the internet world um but then you know eventually i did feel better to come back onto social media and that's actually where i was really surprised to when i started opening up about my injury Um, other dancers were messaging me and saying, hey, I'm injured too. And I would have never known because they weren't really posting about it. And I found such solace in being able to DM like other people and talk to other people who had also been through surgery, who were also struggling with mental aspects of injury and just having community like really helped me feel less alone and I think with injury mentally you can feel I'm the only one going through this right now yeah I may you may be the only one at your studio you may be the only one in your company but you're not the only dancer in the whole in the whole world like and being able to feel not alone and talk with other dancers who went through similar things to me uh, helped me to mentally not be so self-absorbed <laughs> and to see that like this experience is common. Like it, it, it's more common than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Just like agreeing with everything you said. And like, we keep coming back to the theme of like, you're not alone and you're never alone in anything that you're doing, which isn't to say that we're not all unique and all doing our own things in different ways and all of our experiences aren't unique to ourselves but in terms of the overall like people who are going through an injury people who are trying to do something on the side people who are doing all of this different things like it's true you may be the only one in your company you may be the only one in your class you may be the only person you you know that's going through that but that just definitely doesn't mean that there's not somebody else a million other people going through that as well like there's eight billion people on the planet somebody else is going through what you're going through and somebody can empathize with anything that's happening to you no matter what it is hey everybody kalena here before we keep going with this amazing interview let's take a quick break to talk about on the other foot I know, as if we haven't talked about it enough. On the Other Foot is currently entirely run and produced by two college students and funded by the little change in our piggy banks, as well as the generosity of our guests and contributors. If you'd like to support On the Other Foot, consider making a contribution by becoming a supporter through Anchor. You can become a supporter today by navigating to our Anchor page and clicking support this podcast. Your contribution supports conversations between dancers, teachers, and all regular people who are a part of the On the Other Foot community. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of this episode. Dancers are so, we are truly empathetic. I think that we often get portrayed in a way that we're very cutthroat, but we're, we're a very empathetic people because we know what it's like really to have your whole life 
wrapped up in something. Um, so I really appreciate that you shared with us that you've been dealing with the ankle sprain injuries since you were 13, I believe you said. Um, and so I was kind of wondering, like, because now you're you're imbued with the knowledge of an adult person, uh, which, you know, we're trying to get to that knowledge and we appreciate your perspective, but being injured or dealing with anything in dance when you're younger is very different, at least in my experience, in dealing with it when you're older. So I was kind of wondering if you could talk to us about the shift in your attitude toward being injured as you got older and kind of just how maybe being injured has affected your attitude just and your outlook on life in general. Yeah, I I think that when I was younger, there, there was at the beginning, I felt like I, you know, I think also like, how do I want to put this? When I was younger, I had this almost still optimism of like, think things are still going to work out for good. Like it, this might be happening in my life right now, but like, I trust that like, it's, it's going to be okay. I'm going to like, listen to people. I'm going to grow and I'm going to grow from it. And then when it continually kept happening to me um that was it became almost harder for me because I was like gosh I thought I had been through this already like I I don't understand why injury continues to be a part of my story um and it almost makes me it made me still question like can I what am I doing wrong? Like, (laughs) what am I, like, what am I not doing right in, in that, like, I'm getting injured more than my colleagues. Um, and while I do think it's important to, to analyze and to, to learn, like, how to treat your body better, um, I do think that I've had to accept that we grow up learning ballet and, I don't think that we fully understand that it is such an athletic endeavor. Like it is so risky. Like, and, and I think that when I was growing up, I just, I knew it was something I loved to do. And I didn't really understand that it, it is like a sport in a way that injuries like can happen. And if they do happen, it's not necessarily because it was always your fault. Um, and I still, you know, I still to this day when I get injured, I, it, I sometimes just want to blame myself like 100%. I think like any dancer, you feel like, like it's because I did something wrong. Like, but there were some times when I look back and I was like, that was just so freaky though. Like, and I, I was trying, I was genuinely trying my best. So I think I, as I've gotten older, I've had to accept that if injury comes into my life, it is for a reason that maybe I don't understand right now. And um, like, I trust that, like for me, I trust that God will work it out the way that he wants it to. And, you know, I, I never would have thought that, 
um, starting this podcast would come from my injury. And I never would have thought that I'd be able to be in a community and grow a community because of my injury and just being honest about it. And it made me realize that I value relationships a lot more as an adult than I did as a kid. Um, and sometimes when you share really hard things with each other, um, that grows a relationship with someone to be such a stronger bond. I think that's why we're friends with a lot of other dancers, just because you go through really hard training and <laughs> like you, your bond is really strong with them. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had to kind of surrender a lot more as an adult than I did going through injuries as a kid, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Yeah. I think that what you just said about how we attract to other dancers, like looking back, probably the best friends that I've ever been able to make have always been other dancers and other people who are going through what I'm going through. And, you know, I have really, really close friends that don't dance as well, but I've never been able to make friends quite like friends that I'm that I make through dance, which can be a blessing and a curse because that means that, you know, your people that you're competing against and you're in class every day and there can be some like tensions there and stuff, especially when you're younger. But, you know, we relate so much to seeing each other go through the experience and I don't see anybody as much as I see the people that I dance with every day. Like, I just don't. Even, I would even be so brave to argue that I don't even see my boyfriend or I see them equally as I see everybody yeah. <laughs> like when I was dancing full time like the people that I see every day I see them every day for like eight hours so those are the people who watch me and they might not know everything that I'm going through because I'm not close with everybody but those are the people that I interact with every single day for such a long period of time so those people are you know, like my people, people that I relate with and understand and other dancers are so kind of easy to talk to and easy to make friends with because you already have so much in common and you already have all of these experiences that are deep experiences that you know that you share with people and these common denominators that exist all throughout the dance world that everybody has either gone through or had a friend go through or seen happen to somebody that, you know, we just all know those things yeah, and i mean our podcast was kind of born out of that camaraderie yeah. like um kalena and i kalena and i have known each other for a bit now but um well i we had only really been close for a year before i went to school but i think we were able to mm -hmm. stay close because we went through a lot of shared experiences in the studio she I mean, Kalana saw me through what I consider right now. I'm only 20, but what I consider right now, like the worst year of my life. And so you do, you have mm -hmm. to be so vulnerable in the studio. Honestly, not even by choice. Like when you spend yeah, you can't help 10 it. hours a day somewhere and you're falling apart mm -hmm. inside, you're gonna fall apart in front of those people because like, what are you supposed to do? Like not be a human being for those 10 hours? And so <laughs> yeah. you do, like... <laughs> The bonds you form with people are, oh man, mm -hmm. they're insane. I could, I'm not going to yeah, get off on a like, tangent about that, but truly they yeah. are unlike any other, any other. 
Yeah, really. So kind of going out of what you were talking about with you kind of already answered this by saying like that really great thing. I really liked that you said that you can look at an injury as something negative that happens to you or an opportunity because I feel like a lot of times people say like you can look at it as a negative thing or a positive thing, but like injury is never 100% a positive thing. Like it's it always takes something away. Like you do lose something when you are injured or you lose an experience or you even just losing a day or a week or even just minor injuries like I've never had anything major happen to me but I've had minor things that really can kind of take the joy away for even just a couple months because it's like okay I have to schedule this in and then I have to do this and I can't really solve I feel like there's never a clear-cut answer with ballet injuries somehow like I don't think I've ever met anybody that's like yeah I went to the doctor and they told me that it was this and then I did a six-week repair program and now I'm done like my boyfriend broke his elbow this last year and they just he did like a PT thing and it's gone done he's full-time back at the gym now doing everything I'm like how did you do that (laughs) I've never done that before it's always like well that's kind of unique that thing that you're going through but an injury always takes something away from you so it's never really a positive thing but I do really agree with the sentiment that it creates opportunity and room for maybe other things and room for growth and room for learning and added knowledge. So kind of going off of that, like the answer is probably no, but do you feel like any regret or anger in regards to your injury now? Because for someone who's kind of towards the end of recovery, at least in this section, because, you know, these things are things we do with our whole lives. What, words do you think inspired you at the time and could inspire another dancer or another athlete that's experiencing a similar pain right now? Yeah, I would say that um, I do really have to battle disappointment. Um, I think that sometimes when I look back and I I dwell on quote-unquote missed opportunities because of my injury, um, I can really seep into disappointment quite easily and I, I don't know who I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert in her book Big Magic was talking about this idea with I think fear in that like fear is always gonna be in the car like if you think about you're you're in the driver's seat and fear is you know typically in the passenger seat and if fear is really loud it's talking to you in the passenger seat and you can either like let it continue to talk to you or you can say like you nope you're going to sit in the trunk like <laughs> like you you're you've got to go to the back exactly like you've got to go to the back of the car um and and to me that idea is that you know I don't think I'll ever be able to overcome my feelings of disappointment I I think that, and and I'm okay with that. Like, I understand that I may look back and feel disappointed, but I'm not going to let disappointment sit in the passenger seat. Like, I'm going to say, you know, okay, I acknowledge that that was really disappointing, but I'm like, you got to go to the, you got to go to the back of the car now because I've got to continue moving forward. Like, disappointment can hold you back from, being able to continue to take a step one day at a time and and move on and see new things. And, you know, I'm not the person that I was when I first joined San Francisco Ballet. And and I'm grateful for that because 
the the hard times really helped me value um like what I find important in my life and ha- helped me like just see more um, and grow in wisdom. And wisdom is something that no one can take from you. Um, they may be able to take ballet from you. And, and you know, for all of us, like there's going to be a time where ballet is not going to be in our lives to the same capacity as what we've experienced. And I, I think that acknowledging all that you've gained from ballet instead of all that you've lost um, is something that I have to remind myself a lot of. Like, what have I gained from my experiences? Not, oh my gosh, I don't have that in my life anymore. Like, what a failure, what a loss. So um, looking back at my injuries, sometimes I can either dwell on disappointment or I can say, well, what did I gain from that experience that I would not have been able to gain from that experience had I not gone through that? And I hope that, you know, if you are someone who is in the just depth of your injury right now, that you are able to surround yourself with community and people who will encourage you and motivate you to keep going. Um, And that you can um, press on not to get back to who you were before, but press on to discover who you're going to continue to become. You're going to become a different person, and that's a beautiful thing. So um, I think the more that I'm able to press forward and uh, look back and pull the things that I'm grateful for out of my experiences, I feel like a stronger person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think that, that's very important. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful. I think that's a beautiful sentiment to end on. Um, I just want to thank Jordan for being so open, being so uh, you're so eloquently spoken, so optimistic, so just very inspiring um, to us and to the younger dancers and older dancers and everyone in between that follows us. I can't imagine there will be a single person that doesn't get something out of something you said um so i just want to thank you again everyone we had jordan nicole tilton on for the last two episodes she is incredible she is podcaster of ballet to business dancer with diablo ballet you can follow her on instagram at jordan nicole h um and please be sure to describe subscribe to her podcast ballet to business um because if you liked hearing her talk on this, you're going to like hearing her talk on that. Um, and thank you again, Jordan, so much. Thank you for everyone for listening. And uh, we hope to have you guys listen in in two weeks. Thank you so much. It's such a huge honor. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of On the Other Foot. We want to connect with you on days other than Tuesday, so be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at otherfoot.pod. And visit our website to learn more about how On the Other Foot started and join our mailing list. If you have any questions for me and Jane, or would like to suggest a topic or guest, email us at ontheotherfoot.podcast at gmail.com. And please, subscribe! It makes a huge difference to us. 
We want to offer you all discount codes and annoy you with sponsorship ads, and we cannot do that unless you subscribe. So please, do it now. And above all, thanks for listening. It really means a lot to us. We hope you tune in to On the Other Foot next week for more conversation on the world of dance.